It's a new day. Yes, it is. A new day. It's right. Maybe it's a new season. Uh-oh. For K-State men's basketball. Welcome back into the game. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale is on his way to Manhattan High for some hoops tonight against Highland Park. We'll have that coverage beginning at approximately 545, but most likely will be later than that. Uh, David G is right across from me. He is at my 12 o'clock and at my 1130 is Ish. Yeah. Sage Williams. Yeah. Haven't really heard from her at all today. Yeah. What do you got? Sage, what's on your mind? Yeah. You have what, anything what is to on say? your mind? What? I don't really have anything on my mind. You know, I went to school today. It was fine. How's your grades? My grades are okay. Oh. They're okay. But it's also. Are you not, should, be, should you be studying right now? No, I do not have like tests or anything right now. So I'm okay at the moment. What is your hardest <laughs> class right now? So I'm a music major. My hardest class is probably my music history class. Not because I don't like history. Just the format of the class is a little difficult for me. <laughs> history as like Johann Sebastian Bach history? Yeah, we're actually oh, studying God. Bach right now <laughs> see i dig that stuff but I, it was always the that's the way it was for me in school i'd be like cool history of this this is awesome right and then you get in the class and it's not at all what you think it's gonna be and that stinks man because you're paying for it you know you should be able to say let's talk some bach you, you know, know I, I know like lately there's been a lot of biopics coming out about musicians from freddie mercury uh elton john mm-hmm. um like uh, the Jersey Boys, like uh, Frankie Valley, you know, yeah, in, the, in yeah. the Four Seasons, like those kind of biopics. But you remember, uh, do you ever take like a music class and sometimes you would watch a movie about a, a certain composer and it was like one of the biopic movies? Mm-hmm. Like it was about their life and how they became a musician. I remember watching one about Bach back in the day and they were super boring. Oh, they're, yeah, they're, it's always like PBS style, yes, you know, where exactly. you're like, oh, God. Yes. I've, the only one, that I really liked was Amadeus. The 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 Amadeus was like not so biopic and more kind of like fun, and it was cool, man. It was told from the um, perspective of his like kind of rival Salieri. And it is a great, it's an 80s movie and it's fantastic. I'll be honest with you, all those movies, you probably watched 10 yeah. over my life. And I don't remember hardly a thing. I don't. I can't remember if Beethoven was four or 16 when he wrote his first <laughs> symphony. Or... Yeah, you know, like Amadeus, like it kind of gets into that, but not really. The things you learn about Amadeus is that like he had a really, really annoying laugh. He'd go, <laughs> And everybody was like, who the hell is this guy? And he was really not proper and cool when you're supposed to be like that back in those days. He was like, really, he'd fart and stuff all the time. And people were like, what is this guy's deal? But he was a prodigy. I mean, he, you know, Amadeus was, I mean, the best of the best, even when he was a little kid. Sage is over here shaking her head yeah. as in agreeing with you. This is all legit. Um, So that movie, it's like kind of half and half. Like, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of Hollywood, like, magic in it but it's also yeah mozart was definitely kind of a a slob kind of womanizer sort of guy it's kind of weird yeah i I read about the guy salieri that the movie's like from his perspective like he was like shocked at how good amadeus was at such a young age because he was like the king's composer and then this guy shows up and he's like a superstar and he's like doesn't even care and salieri really cared about it but then i read about like the actual relationship and it was actually really good they really liked each other but in the movie 
this Salieri guy wants to choke Amadeus because he's like, how are you so good and you don't even try and I'm trying really hard and I can't do nothing right and you are farting and cussing and you're yeah, you're womanizing, and I want to get you out of here. That's kind of the plot right there. Sorry, my music knowledge starts in the 1950s. I, Big uh, Bopper? Yes. <laughs> Big Boppers, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Richie Valens, uh, those kind of folks. So sorry, Sage, I can't really. Do, does K-State offer a class that covers that kind of music, that kind of history? Oh, there yeah. is a history of rock and roll class, yes. Ooh, yeah. I might become a K-State student for one class Ooh. and teach the class, because I already know everything, baby. <laughs> you go up front and start writing your name on the board, you know? Oh, man. Oh, that'd be good. That'd be awesome. Catch me if you can. That's yeah. what I just thought <laughs> Yeah, of yeah. All right, class. Oh, that dude that's giving him a hard time is like, no! Oh, it's such a good movie. Um. Uh, Speaking of cool, yeah, there's the transition. That's a great segue. Uh, Nigel Pack, cool as a cucumber, pushing Pack. Yeah, he's got merch out there somewhere. I'm not sure where it is. I'm sure you could Google it, find out how to get a piece of some pushing Pack uh-huh. merchandise. But uh, you know, we were talking in the first hour a couple of times about how the Cats picked up a pretty gigantic win if they want to push their way into stealing an uh, a, a, a berth, a spot. In the NCAA tournament from other some jabroni out there that's falling apart. <laughs> uh, you could probably throw in Oklahoma or West Virginia in there, who's uh, both kind of losing their stock Oof. as K-State is gaining theirs after that loss to Ole Miss, which really still bothers me, but they're kind of making up for it now. Absolutely. Even though that felt like the final nail in the coffin, maybe not so much, because if you look at Joe Lenardi, does have the Cats in now the next four out. Mm-hmm. And they're not... The fourth on that list, they're like second. Right. So they're not the worst team Climbing. considered in the uh, in bracketology right now and those uh, eight teams that are right now in the bubble on the outside looking in. Well, what I really admired about last night was Nigel Pack did not have his best night. He was 4 of 15 from the floor. That's 26.7%. That's his worst shooting performance in Big 12 play Ooh. this season. He finished with 13 points. I mean... My God, we we will he he will get to double digits. Yeah, he'll find a way to do that. Yeah, it just may not be his best game. His worst game six points, and that was when he came back from injury against Green Bay. Came off the bench. He only played fifteen minutes. Um, so I understand, but he scored in double figures in every game other than that Green Bay contest. But Nigel also goes one of six from three point range. It it feels like his touch was just slightly off. He would even drive to the hoop, float one up there. And it was it rattle in and out. Like he had a couple of those shots that were just in and out. Just it was kind of a bad luck night for Nigel. He was creating shots. Yes. But I will also say that it's also kind of odd that he had three more two attempts than three attempts. It's usually 50-50. Right, right. Right around that 50-50 mark. Nigel's gonna take his fair share of threes. He did take six, but he only made one of them. But the the admire what I do admire though, and it's I, I, it can't be ignored. That K-State found a way to win a big game without Nigel having his best night. I don't know if that's really happened a whole lot this season. I'm, his worst night in the Big 12 was against TCU, the, the game here where he scored 10 points. And the Cats choked that one away. They lost the game. That one still really bites, bites you in the rear end. Still bothers me to this day. I can't believe it. I've lost sleep. <laughs> Um, 
But in the first hour, he mentioned a balanced effort, and that's what K-State got. And especially for Marquise Noel, who's been money the last couple of games. Yes. And Marquise Noel finished last night with 21 points. He was the leading scorer. 7 of 11 from the field. He was 4 of 6 from three-point range. And that's after, Ooh. if you go before the Iowa State game, where he was it was pretty rough for, uh, for uh, Marquise Noel from three-point range before the Iowa State game, where he went five or six games, and he made maybe two three-pointers in that stretch. But Marquise Noel has been gigantic for Casey the last couple of days. His his momentum in him – I'm trying to think of the right word. Um, but he has just been really – off the charts good for K-State the last couple of games. We've seen it in the past where he's been really good, but Marquise Noel, 21 points. He had three assists, did not turn over the basketball. And I know that's been a big uh, complaint in the past where he has turned over the basketball, but we also forget, hey, guys, he's also top three in the Big 12 in assist-to-turnover ratio. So whatever he does, make a mistake, he, by two, makes up for it. Um, But also, Mark Smith his seventh double-double this season, 17 points, 10 rebounds, and he's had now eight in his career. So that means he's had seven of his eight double-doubles in his career, all at K-State this season, and also 13 points from Ish Masood. So he had two players score more points than Nigel Pack last night. And I do want to throw this out there as well, that the Mountaineers did not have uh, Gabe Osaboyan, who was their best rebounder. He averages seven a game. He did not play, most likely because of uh, disciplinary action from head coach Bob Huggins because he got teed up and thrown out of a game and also argued with coach on the sideline at Gallagher-Iba on Saturday. Oh, boy. So, I don't know if there's really much else to say. I just felt like that was a breath of fresh air. Yeah. That K-State found a way to do it with Nigel having kind of an off night. Yeah, it was... And in a dominating fashion, an 18-2 run. We talked about it at the top of the show. It, it's 18-2 run, put it away. It was over. You know, they made it tight. They got, I think they got to within four maybe, but it was over. They, I, they had mentally and physically taken over the game. And it was nice to see Nigel Pack get to take a little bit of a backseat. Now, for him, he's probably like, no, I didn't take a backseat, had a bad game, whatever. I don't see another 10-point stinker from him again. I think that this guy, after that shot against Oklahoma State, it's on for him. Um, he had an off-shooting night, and that's okay because he's only ripped off like how many games in a row where he's just been going nuts. You're going to have these every once in a while. Hopefully he can shake it off and continue the trend. I also hope Mark Smith, what a gift to K-State. What a gift that we got in the transfer portal. If he can keep doing that, the double-double. So I know it was easier said than done, but it, given K-State that burst like that, man, what a fantastic player on both sides of the court. I agree. Breath of fresh air last night to see them down, come back up without their guy, and still take control. It was awesome. I'm probably going to say these words that I'm about to say here in this very moment in just a minute. I'm going to say these words a lot if K-State continues to win, especially in the last few weeks of the regular season and into the Big 12 tournament. I'm probably going to say this a lot. K-State, all they really needed was just a guy or two to step up and score more points. Uh That was really the issue, is the shooting. Guys just needing to step up besides Mike McGurl, I'm sorry, uh, Mark Smith and, and Nigel Pack. 
Just need a couple more guys to get into double figures, and things should be fine. Yeah. It should be more victories. You're scoring into the 70s, which K-State has done in four of the last five games. They're four of the last uh, four wins in the last five games for sure. And uh, I will give a shout out as well to Mike McGurl. Why not? Because he didn't shoot the ball a ton. Six shots, he made a couple of threes. Six points didn't hurt K-State. Right. I mean, that's not bad. No. I'm not going to scoff at that. But again, let's not forget that formula. I told you guys earlier, and I'm going to remind you right now, there's three steps to a K-State victory, and it does not get easier than this in sports. Score 70 points. Four guys in double figures and be down three or four possessions going into the second half. That's it. (laughs) Yeah. Win. Doesn't matter if Nigel Pack scores 13 or 31, <laughs> which, by the way, actually, Nigel, if you're listening, do not score 31. Yeah, yeah, don't do that. Yeah. Do not be that good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tone it down a notch if you're feeling hot. You know, quit being a ball hog and let somebody else score the basketball guy. <laughs> because I do want to, I, I want to throw this out there because Nigel Pack is, when he scores over 30 points, case it is 0 and 2. Oh. Um, also, I saw this as well. Shout out to Kellis Robinette. Uh, the Cats are also 0 and 2 and. Mark Smith grabs 16 or more rebounds. Oh, boy. So, Mark Smith, if you get close to 16, um, just kind of do one of those deals where you box a guy out and you just let the ball fall and, like, hey, come get it. Come, come on, get it. Silton. Like, you'll see that in an NBA game when a guy's close to a triple-double. Yeah. Like, yeah. you'll be like, hey, you just need the one rebound. Just come get it. Come get it. <laughs> come on, Selton. Come in and get one, Davion. Do it for the team. Great to have Selton Miguel back on defense. I need yeah. to look at his line. Four points, three rebounds, he had an assist, a couple of turnovers. That's another thing. K-State's been excellent in not turning over the ball so much, especially in the second half. Look at the last couple of games, especially last night. K-State just turned the ball over three times yeah, in the awesome. second half, taking care of the basketball. It was awesome. But Nigel Pack, you don't have to be the hero every time. No. We got other dollars. Or you may have to, actually. I You might have to be the hero every time. You just didn't have to do it last night. No. But you're right. I think you're totally right. Saturday, Gallagher-Iba. Let's take a look at the last five games. It's going to be on. What did Nigel Pack do in the last three games prior to West Virginia? He hit four threes, three threes, four threes, four threes, six threes. Yeah, he'll hit five. Uh He'll hit five Uh at Oklahoma State uh, coming up on Saturday. That doesn't mean for the other guys to take a back seat and watch him, though. Well, and another thing, uh, what a a matchup that is for K-State because – uh, Oklahoma State also goes small ball. They're four guards and a forward. Yes. Um, Boy, I'm, I'm, I'm giving a shout-out here to Ish Masood on that one, who showed some physicality yesterday. It's time to get physical again. Let's get physical, Let's Ish Masood. physical, Ish Masood. All right, so uh, it's kind of one of those weird deals where it's a Tuesday and we got a home game for Manhattan High Basketball, so I'm actually technically getting out of here. But before the show, we recorded number one song of the day and ask us anything and all that is coming up next. I can see her lying back in her satin dress in a room where you Troy's 
rocking a little too hard to this one. <laughs> I had to chuckle Some someone after Sunday's performance posted that they felt it was time for a Gordon Lightfoot Super Bowl show. Whoa. Whoa. That they felt America was ready for it. Yeah. That we are not. We are not ready for that. Well, uh, Troy is right. This is Gordon Lightfoot, and the song is called Sundown from 1974, one week at number one. And to me, this is a banger. Sometimes I think it's a shame when I get feeling better when I'm feeling no pain. I mean, the lyrics, Gordon Lightfoot is a storyteller. And this is a great example of his amazing songwriting. Singer, songwriter, and guitarist from Ontario, Canada. And he is credited for helping define the folk pop sound of the 60s and 70s. And he's often known as one of the greatest Canadian songwriters of all time. He has written songs for Elvis, Johnny Cash, Hank Williams Jr., Jerry Lee Lewis, Neil Young, Bob Dylan, Barbara Streisand, Sarah McLaughlin, or Lachlan, Sarah McLaughlin. Uh-huh. I've actually never seen her name spelled out. I've always thought it was Laughlin. <laughs> uh, Eric Clapton, John Mellencamp, Peter, Paul, and Mary, Glenn Campbell, The Grateful Dead, Olivia Newton-John, and Jimmy Buffett. That's uh, a resume. Okay, so is it possible but that, that that list is more impressive than having a number one? I mean, yeah, oh yeah, that's absolutely. really good. Absolutely. Like, as a wow. performer, like, Gordon Lightfoot could probably fill, I'm guessing, <laughs> maybe a 1,000-seater. Yeah, that's awesome. But I think that's, like, peak when yeah, it comes to his actual good. music. Yeah. But, yes, you're right. His resume of who he has worked with, I don't know if anybody can touch it. No, that's an amazing list of people. You might have to go to, like, DJ Khaled and, <laughs> and run down the people he's worked with. Yeah, or the producer, Mutt Lang, the, uh, the rock yes. producer. Maybe he can touch that list. That one might be. Yeah, those two examples, but they don't have the impact on music peers, per se. Wow. Mutt, Mutt Lang was technician. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With yeah. what he did. Yeah. And DJ Khaled <laughs> wow. can be discussed. It's just like Gordon Lightfoot out of left field. You know what I mean? Like, this guy's the real deal, man. I'm, I'm over here sleeping on Gordon Lightfoot for oh, years. Oh, I, I was too. Wow. I was too. And so I, I started doing research. And I'm like, okay, this guy is a player. Yeah, this guy's legit. I, I can't tell you how hard I laughed when I saw that tweet. The other night, <laughs> I, I found that exceptionally amusing. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. For those that aren't familiar with this song, or you might remember, but you don't exactly know all the lyrics, I highly suggest like getting on YouTube at a later time because obviously we're going to be talking over the song and just go look up "Sundown" by Gordon Lightfoot and just listen to the lyrics after I tell you what the song is about. So a little bit more here on Gordon. Uh, inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame in 2012. He's 83. The last show he played was six days ago. He's still out there touring and doing his thing. Wow. Wow, this dude is like impressing me every five seconds. Wow, okay, okay. Now, 19 studio albums. He had six top 40 hits as a recording artist, and this is his only number one, and it's from his 10th album called Sundown. So he says, and he said this in a Reddit AMA, that the inspiration for this song 
came from Lightfoot worrying about his girlfriend who was out at bars all day while he was at home writing songs. He said, quote, I had this girlfriend one time and I was at home working at my desk, working on my songwriting, which I had been doing all week because I was on a roll and my girlfriend was somewhere drinking, drinking somewhere. So I was hoping that no one else would get her ha- get their hands on her because she was pretty good looking. Oh, <laughs> wow. And uh, he continued to talk about Sundown. He says, Adam, as a matter of fact, the song was written just around Sundown. Just as the sun was setting behind the farm, I had rented to use as a place to write the album. And here is uh, here is the big factor in this one, guys. Yeah, yeah. He has never confirmed it, but you know those that know who he was dating at the time. They put the pieces together. The song is most likely about his really rocky relationship with a lady by the name of Kathy Smith. Kathy Smith was a Canadian actress. Also, here's here's the big one. She was sentenced to 15 months in prison. Because she was the one delivering the lethal dose of heroin into John Belushi. No way. Ooh, I didn't even put that connection there. I was, I was a little mind blown oh, about that. That, that whole connection. Jo- Gordon Life was like, oh, whoa, dodged a bullet there. Yeah, uh, <laughs> she's a troublemaker. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually embarrassed that I didn't put that two and two together. Wow, dude. No, that, that's a common name. You know, it didn't, didn't really stick out. But, man, Gordo, with the uh, with the avoidance, dude. God, that's awful. He got a, he got a uh, hit song out of this relationship. Yeah. John Belushi, Belushi got deaf out of it. <laughs> yeah. uh, two different sure results. Fair trade. No trade there. That sucks. Oh, God. Terrible. Man, I, I can't say that I know much about Gordon Lightfoot until now. And I don't now really know I much about know. his discography. I want to get to know yeah. Gordon Lightfoot. Like, I want to hang out with him. Yeah. I have so many questions to ask. What was it like working with this guy? This, you know, all these people. Remember when you're. And by girl- the way, this ex girlfriend of yours. Yeah, remember when your ex girlfriend got high with John Belushi and he died? Well, actually, the first question I probably ask is this song. I like, I would just say oh, yeah. verbatim. Is this song about Kathy Smith? Like, just to get it confirmed, because that is a whole game changer. Like, if it, I already assume it is, uh, because what a what a person to write a song about. Wow. Uh, even though it was written before the whole John Belushi thing, but right. wow, that, that, crazy story, right? Dude, that's a that is a that's one of the juiciest uh, song of the day tidbits you've ever thrown out there. I mean, that one's wow. I fell down a big old rabbit hole when I was. <laughs> When I was doing this song, because when I was doing all the research, I also got on YouTube, and I like to go, like, if they're still around and they're up there in age, I want to go, like, look them up and see, are they still out there touring? Are they performing? I want to hear what they hear, what they sound like now. Yeah. And I found Gordon Lightfoot. I found a show of his, like, two years ago before the pandemic, and uh, he he sounded fine, you know, a little bit more raspy in the voice, but he, he sounded fine. But I also found videos of, like, it's popular now to, like... Upload videos of you reacting to songs you've never heard before. And I actually thought about doing that as a channel, but kind of the opposite, just like react really poorly <laughs> to all the songs I listen to. So I just basically listen to country the whole time, modern country music. But these people reacting like, man, he is like a lyrical genius. So I got looking into lyrics like, yes, 
Like the lyrics are pretty deep. It's crazy. Like they they'll hit you. Yeah. They'll hit you in the old feelings. Shout out to uh, <laughs> the, the man of the hour. That is Gordon Lightfoot. <laughs> what do you say? Coming up next, let's get to some Ask Us Anything. That's next. All right, time for Ask Us Anything. David G is the host of the segment, but I'm going to ask the first question. I want to open for oh, DG over here. Okay. The question is, and I heard this on a podcast yesterday, have you ever prepaid for gas and the total amount was $5 or less? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I don't think I have, but I've been wait. very close. Okay, so I can say yes because I've gotten gas for my lawnmower before. And uh, so it was less than $5. There's the cop out. Yeah. Well, and you don't have the qualifier in there. Did you fill the tank? <laughs> if you had asked if you filled the tank for $5 or less. Oh, I was trying to get it to a quarter full. <laughs> See, and I was on fumes. Yeah, see, that's what I'm getting at is that I got five bucks. Okay, that's all it's going to take. That's it. Boom. I, I may not be a full tank, but it got me there. I oh. worked at a convenience store when I was in college for like two and a half years. And I, you know, just a clerk running the register, but I could also see on my monitor how much money people are putting in their tank if they pay at the tank or pay at the pump. But people would also come in and prepay all the time. You would be. Really surprised mm-hmm. to see how many people an hour will come in and prepay for three bucks, five bucks. That's crazy, ridiculous, like ridiculously, ridiculously small money. And it's really just depends on how broke I you are. I suppose uh, we're, we're heading for three dollars. Okay, click, click. That's it. That's it. Yeah, I, I do remember a time when gas was ninety nine cents a gallon. I mean, um, it was like that was. Three bucks was going to get you a little something, something. I remember when we felt that $1.75 here in the city, the first two weeks of classes was gouging. Wild. It was like, there's no, how am I supposed to get around town? What am I, what, what am I going to do? Especially given that the previous two weeks it had been more like a buck. Yeah. Have any of you ever owned like a moped? I've thought about buying one for like the spring, summer, fall. My father-in-law had one and they actually thoroughly liked it. Uh, just that uh, it's moved on at this point. Yeah. I want to. I want to own one so bad, but I'm just afraid of people making fun of me. <laughs> my, I don't want people going, "Look at that fat guy riding a moped." My, I don't my, want that. My grandfather had one to get from the farm to the coffee shop. Awesome. Essentially, it was a it was a Honda Trail paved 75 road. paved road road the whole time. Uh, other than the driveway. Huh. That's rad. But it was a it was a Honda Trail seventy five. I mean, it was simple. It wasn't necessarily a moped. It was actually a bike. Man, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I want. You can easily get that sucker up to the fifty five. You're in good business. <laughs> and he was driving that at seventy. That's awesome. My, uh, not hit miles an hour. Seventy his age. <laughs> DG, what do you have for us? Um. Okay. Today's um. Ask a K rocker. What notification on your phone do you just ignore? You just like for me, it's voicemail. I never check. honestly like I probably ignore too many emails. <laughs> yeah. like, the, eh, sometimes I'm kind of bad at responding. Sometimes it's like when they're it's your work email, and sometimes it doesn't pop up. You know what I'm saying? And then you look and you got seven from work. It's awful. I joke that the cell phone up until working this job has been a leash because I was dealing with both news and sports. Oh, oh and by the way, on the road, so. Messages were an imperative, so I can't say that I 
had the luck of being able to ignore I, many notifications. I had a couple K-Rockers this morning go, are you kidding? My work and phone is my life. Yeah. <laughs> There's not one thing I don't check, dude. That I, thing is clear. I'll tell you the one I don't ignore, and that's the one from Qdoba when they, or from uh, Chipotle when they say there's free guac or free queso. I'm like, all right. All over that. Or even from Qdoba when there's something free. You know, it's like free <laughs> yeah. cookie or something. You're like the couple in that uh, TV ad where it's late night, like midnight, and the special comes through on their phones. I'm going. I'll tell you guys, like, if you go to fast food restaurants or something like Chipotle or Subway or Sandwich Place, uh-huh. get the app because you can usually either save up and get something free or they give you freebies anyway. The, dude, the Sonic app, if you order a drink, yes. it's always half off if yes. you order through the drink, which Rrr. is, yeah, Rrr. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, how about this one? What else is easy for everybody else that you seem to just suck at? Is there something that everybody else seems to be really good at and you just can't uh, get it down? Hmm. Are you guys pretty good at everything? I, I I would like to say sometimes computer-related stuff. I've kind of reached a point where it has to be relatively basic. Or they're like, or you're like, you know what, Geek Squad. Yeah, Geek yeah, squad it's kind of gotten that way. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. much like trying to change oil in my car <laughs> yeah. has gotten that way. Yeah, yeah, my yeah. my dad finally gave that up after so many years of doing his own oil changes, in part because of his age, but in part because it's it, different. It, you you try changing the oil on a Lexus nowadays. Yeah, it's different. It's not the same. My answer actually is whistling. Oh, like some people can make whistling look. So easy, they just do the two finger, and it's you know, it's a whistle. I mean, it's like a storm whistle going that off. That thing is cool, and people can do that. I've never even come close. I can't do it. For me, I, I, I skating, whether it's ice skating or like on just the ground, can't, can't, can't do it. Just can't. can't I, uh, I, I. The only time I've ever ice skated was in Phoenix, and it was outside. Believe Whoa. it or not, for it was for the Buffalo Wild Wings Bowl, but there was a, a rink downtown. And I got ice skates on, did a few laps, but like I had the balance, like I had it down, except it just felt like I was standing on my ankles and not oh. my feet, and it just killed my oh. ankles. I was trying to figure out, I was like, why am I standing yeah. like this? Stop standing on your ankles, dude. Yeah, I, I can say that I never have even had an opportunity to try to ice skate. I've wow. avoided that. Skiing, I did once. Yeah. <laughs> Something tells me. Troy ice skating is a show. <laughs> Let's like, go. Somebody call up True TV. Let's go down the rink. Oh, no. And we're going to teach Troy how to skate. <laughs> oh, no. Me and you, Troy, out there flailing. Yeah. Running boy. into people. Let's try, uh, let's get one more in there if you have one more. I gotcha. What's a song you uh, actually like, but you don't, ad- you, you can't admit to it? It's a, a guilty pleasure song. Sundown. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I have one. Oh. I am. I so, think of a modern pop song. I'll I talk a lot of junk on the guy, but Aaron, Ed Sheeran stuff, like, eh. man, I can kind of get into that, uh, boy. Um, I just admitted that. <laughs> well, tomorrow. Right? <laughs> I don't. I, we'll, we'll cut that out. Don't worry okay, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's a pretty good one, though. I'll throw out there that, that Godier, somebody uh-huh. that I used to know. Like, that's pretty catchy to me. That is a, that's a super catchy song. You want another one? Um, let's see. Sure, we got we got a, a, a minute or two. Okay. Oh, this one. Hopefully, you guys like this because this is a goodie. Uh, what's the one item you never buy generic? For me, it's ranch. Ooh. It's got to be Hidden Valley, or I ain't gonna touch it. That's that, a great question. Ketchup. 
Mm-hmm. What do you go? What What's the brand? Heinz. Oh, yeah. Mandatory. Well, see, my ketchup is obviously Whataburger. Shout out to the Wamigo grocery store. They carry all Whataburger condiments. Whoa. Nice. That is uh, jackpot. I did not know Out that. there, yes. Um, so I will go name brand with that if you call Whataburger yeah. a name brand. That's tough. Like I, Spicy ketchup? Does Whataburger oh, yes, have spicy? absolutely. So the, the spicy so, ketchup. So you're in business. Also, the honey mustard is, is money. amazing. Oh, is money. I'm a cheapskate, so I buy a lot of generic. Same. But, um, man, I don't know. I'm kind of embarrassed to admit this, but I, I have to use head and shoulders. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I'll, I'll use it like every, every couple of days just to keep up. Yeah. And uh, you can't buy generic. It does not work the same. You nope. got to go head and shoulders. Yeah. It's the Latino in you, man. <laughs> same here. I, I can't do it. If I go store brand with that stuff, I'm like, you want me to be embarrassed at work and in public? Fine. Both of you rub it in that you have hair. <laughs> Sorry, dude. You still got to clean the scalp, right? Did you just take a bar of sco- soap and scrub? Pretty, pretty much. Body wash works. I mean, at this point, there, there's no reason for shampoo. Right I, I got to ask this question. What is it like when you get uh, like body, uh, like the body soap, body wash, mm-hmm. when you get it in your eyes? Does it sting? Oh, yeah. It's soap. I mean, come on. Okay. It's the same thing. Oh, man. I can't imagine. Oh, because that's like the three-in-one stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, two-in-one because you don't need the conditioner for anything. <laughs> All right, that's going to lock us up for the studio stuff. But when we come back, if necessary, we'll go up to Manhattan High or we'll start pregame next. We'll find out.